Amarillo, amarillo, amarillo los plátanos. Hi Mateo, how you doing? I'm good, how are you? I'm alright, I'm alright. So, what is this? This is um, Real Platano Cinema Club, and it is a part of the Platano Republic Network. Mm -hmm. What we're gonna do here is essentially meet up and, and talk about movies or maybe TV shows at some point. Mm -hmm and really just be fans or critics of movies as they come and go and um it's exciting to be joined by my best friend my brother mm -hmm. for life and i would not do this if he were not willing to do it so this Aww. is exciting to me i'm very excited <laughs> you know that there's few things yeah. i like to talk about more than movies yeah, it's a, it's a short list, I'm sure. Very, very short. I know that movie series. Yeah, and and this is fun because I, I I like that you are probably the only person that has, well, you've definitely watched way more movies than I have, um, and that's good for me because I I I enjoy the art of filmmaking, even though I don't get a chance to watch as many movies as I'd like to. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I have you to kind of keep me in check and, and tell me, hey, watch this, watch that. Uh -huh. it's just, that's, and that's kind of like the vibe that we're starting with mm -hmm. today is let's reflect on the year behind us and let's um, talk about some of our, some of our favorite things mm -hmm. and also what we're looking forward to yeah. this year. Sounds good. And so, I, yeah, I, I think what we want to do with this is that we just, I miss going to the movies. I miss going to the movies with you, Alberto. I miss going to the movies with people. And I miss those like conversations yeah. that you would have once you left and just walk around, have a beer, drink something and just talk about what you just watched. And since COVID hit, that's not something we have so easily anymore. So I'm going to treat this as yes. my, my walk with you to the subway or to get a slice of pizza with you and talking about what we just watched. I, I, I am not a yeah. film critic. I do not have big words. I, I speak to it as I see it. And I, I don't want people to think we're just here saying what's the best thing. And if you don't like this, is trash. I just want to share what we like and hopefully you like it too. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, this is all subjective. And yeah. we just have to perspectives that between the two of us happen to align pretty well but mm -hmm. they are still uh, unique and you know the, the, someone who's listening to this might have a different opinion mm -hmm. and art is subjective and, mm -hmm. and you get to interpret it and uh you know understand it or appreciate it um as, as much or as little as you want that's mm -hmm. just that's, that's the beauty of it yeah so uh on that note let me Okay, I, I want to talk about for a little bit because I just saw it recently. Okay. And um, basically, what the hell happened with Wonder Woman? Oh, you want to talk about Wonder Woman? Yeah, for sure. I saw you didn't like it. Uh, I don't know what happened, man. I, you know, it's, it's, it's so, uh, it's not that I hated it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I hated it a little bit. Okay. But <laughs> it was more so, I was just incredibly frustrated with it mm -hmm. uh, for the record i never saw the first one oh. um 
you know, all I know of Wonder Woman and the DCEU is from Batman Superman mm -hmm. and I guess Justice League, Justice League but uh, I didn't see uh, Wonder Woman, World War One, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. uh, so, but I, I I am aware of the plot points and, mm -hmm. and Steve Trevor and all that. Mm -hmm. I there's a lot of things about 1984 that don't make sense. You saw it, right? Yeah, I saw it. I saw it. I think the day after Christmas or something like that. W what do you think about it? I did not like it. Um, uh, going back to the context, uh, I think my favorite DCU movie is the first Wonder Woman, and then it's like Birds of Prey and Shazam. So those are like my favorite. So I came in very excited for this one and it's just it's kind of messy where i don't get a lot of the intentions behind the villains i guess i think it's cheesy and it works in that first scene in the the shopping mall i think if that's the tone they were going for i i understand it and i get it's 80s but i just think it gets a lot a little lost and it's it's just like some weird decisions that were chosen like i get you want to brief steve Trevor back because like chris pine is very charming but just the way you brought him is weird <laughs> You know, yeah, it's it's. I mean, Chris Pine is the best Chris mm -hmm. uh, for sure. I firmly believe that you can put him in anything and he'll just elevate the whole thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and he's particularly like the only highlight in this f film for me. Uh, him and Pedro Pascal, like, yeah. I mean, they're 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 great. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just unfortunate that you know the the plot doesn't make sense. Yeah, the. The MacGuffin, the, the wishing rock, doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. uh, why she, you know, ended up in DC. She was looking for Asteria, but she couldn't find her. But she found her mm -hmm. armor in DC. I, I, there's a lot of things that just mm -hmm. they're kind of just like, hey, don't try to understand yeah. it. <laughs> you know, that's that's frustrating because there's a lot of big ideas that they try to work with mm -hmm. that just get dropped halfway through mm -hmm. and that is it, it's just frustrating like i was i was watching it and uh you know the first thing that i noticed is that they're very obvious about their setups and payoffs mm -hmm. at some point like in some ways like she's flying with uh steve and she's like oh i'll never understand the flight i'm like oh let me guess in 40 minutes you're gonna fly yeah you know, it's 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 little things like that. Like the script has a lot of problems. Mm -hmm. uh, the editing has a lot of problems. The story has a lot of problems. The third act has a lot of problems. Mm -hmm. Like how Kristen Wiig, who you know she did what she could, but she she gets what she wants mm -hmm. from the wishing rock. Mm -hmm. You know, becomes smart, sexy, mm -hmm. powerful like Diana. Mm -hmm. And then she decides. She decides. She she says, "I want to be an apex predator," and that turns out to be Cheetah. Yeah, it's weird. They're not apex predators, but yeah, you know, it's just it's a lot of questionable decisions. So, uh, yeah, I just want to like kind of like put that out there. I yeah. did not like it. Mm -hmm. I thought it was unfortunate. Like, mm -hmm. it's not what I would say. You know, it's not terrible. Mm -hmm. Like, if you just want to watch it and enjoy it, you're gonna have a good time. Just don't think about it too much because the moment you start thinking about it, it just falls apart. And I have nothing against like fantasy rocks or stones because like I'm the person who loves when Thanos puts those rocks on his gauntlet. So it's not like it's stupid. Yeah, definitely. It just it, I think even the rules on how it works is it's weird. Like if you think about it afterwards, <laughs> you could put logic to it. But when you're watching it, 
you're thinking, so does the other person have to tell him a wish? And then he has his own wish that he has to do with that. And the way they show the wishes isn't very intuitive because I think what you have to do there is you have to show people who have some good wishes because if not, all the wishes that they show yeah. are bad. Like have a person wish for something actually good. And I think they do that with Diana. But it's weird that the person Trevor takes over is like dead. So where is that person now? Does he swap places in heaven with Chris Pine? Like they took over this dead guy's body and you know, it's, I, it's I think weird. It's, it's a get out kind of situation mm -hmm. that he kind of, his consciousness kind of dips and Steve takes over. But you know, first things first, like he's going to wake up and realize, oh, it's been like two weeks. What, where have I been the past two weeks? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and why does my face hurt so much? I've been getting punched the past two weeks. Mm -hmm. That's why. True. You know, it's, it's, it's a lot of uh, what would have been fun gags. I mean, if they wanted to throw that in there, that would have been fun, mm -hmm. you know, to see how, does, how this guy woke up. You know, yeah. that would have been something. Yeah. You know, just give me some kind of follow up on one of the many questionable decisions. Mm -hmm. Um. And yeah, like the, the whole thing with the, with the Wishing Rock, it's been a thing for millennia and no one thought to do the th same thing that Maxwell Lord mm -hmm. did, which is wish on the powers itself. Like yeah. it's, and also, how does Maxwell know about it? Like, oh yeah, he's been researching it for a while. You know, that's okay. not something I thought of. You're right. How did he know he could do that? How does he know he can do that? And how is he the first person in history <laughs> from many civilizations to uh -huh. figure that out? Yeah. And also the rock, the thing has like Latin inscriptions on the mm -hmm. side, but it's actually from a Mayan mm -hmm. god. Mm -hmm. It's just, and it's just a lot of things that just keep clashing with each other logically. And I like the idea of his whitewashed American dream where he's a Latino guy and he feels like he has to do a certain thing to, to be successful. And that's all in good thought. But I just don't think they execute it as well as they could have. That scene when they show him kind of come up from nothing. I, I love the intent, but they, they just didn't like land it, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, it's they, there, there were a lot of interesting conversations that could have been had there, mm -hmm. you know. His place in society as a Latino person, for one. Mm -hmm. um, the decision to have Gal Gadot be this fighter in Israel and, and Palestine. Like it's, <laughs> it's, yep. it's, it's knowing how she feels about that conflict. Um, yeah. it, the fact that she knows that she has to renounce her wish to get her powers back. And yet, the armor is there. Like, the armor has been set mm -hmm. up the entire time to be this kind of, like, supplemental strength that she could use. Like, at least in the comics, that's exactly how it's used. She loses her power, mm -hmm. so she uses the armor. But mm -hmm. by the time she uses her armor, she already had her powers back. So what was the mm -hmm. point of the armor? Except just having a cool little, let me drop my wings, so I don't need this armor. Mm -hmm. But you didn't need it the whole time. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a, a frustrating whole, movie. Uh, yeah. Uh, a podcast I listened to, um, their whole thing was, at least one of them, one of the one of the guys, was suggesting that maybe her wish should have been going back home or something related to that, where Steve Trevor isn't the main point of a wish, and it's her kind of wanting to leave humanity entirely and going back to, to where she's from. And I yeah. think probably that would have had a better emotional 
resonance with me because I, I just the Steve Trevor stuff is weird. I know I, I like Chris Pine, but I just I I can't commit to it. Uh, yeah, no, I I agree. The the whole idea that her entire personality is mm-hmm. centered around this one guy that's been dead for seventy years is mm-hmm. odd to say the least. That when you want to do this, like you know, girl boss, you know, capital mm-hmm. F feminism kind of like uh, story. It kind of falls on its, you know, it falls flat when the first thing about Diana that you should know is that she misses Steve Trevor. Um, And I get it. Like, you want, like, DC has been trying to have an analog to every major Marvel character. Mm -hmm. You have Iron Man, you have Batman, and you have, uh, Mm -hmm. but where it gets complicated is with Wonder Woman because is she Captain America or is she Thor? You know, like, what do you want? What are you trying to do with her? Because 1984 seems like a explicit reaction to something like Ragnarok or like Captain mm-hmm. Marvel that are mm-hmm. centered on being period pieces just because you don't mm-hmm. want to commit to, I don't know, the present. And I, I understand that the third one is meant to be a present thing, mm-hmm. but I just, I don't care. <laughs> I, I, I just don't care that- anymore. They put themselves in a corner because the whole Justice League setup for Wonder Woman is that this person has been hiding for so many years. So you have to make a movie in the past that makes you feel like she wasn't seen before. So they just put themselves in a corner from the beginning where it made it really hard to actually give her bigger storylines. And that's why why Kevin Feige is so important to Marvel because he thinks all this stuff before anything else. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and just like on that point... uh, yeah, the, the, her whole thing is like she's been not hidden, but just kind of living this life silently enough that Bruce Wayne isn't quite clear who she is for mm-hmm. a little bit, even though he could probably think back to about, uh, let's see, like 30 years ago in, in, in Batman v Superman and remember, mm-hmm. oh, right, remember with that crazy Mexican dude? destabilize mm-hmm. the entire planet mm-hmm. how how did that mm-hmm. end mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. she's true. right there she she's being broadcast to the entire planet mm-hmm. yep true so and <laughs> i think the interesting thing with that is i i think it's interesting having a person who you grow up with but never notice that you're they're not aging with you and the pain of having all those people die while you stay the same i think that's something interesting that you could put into some sort of story but there's just no emotional like death to it like you just see a picture of her a while ago and that would be a really Mm -hmm. interesting thing to at least talk about a little bit like why Mm -hmm. does she not socialize why does she stay in Mm -hmm. why does she keep to herself and she probably Mm -hmm. it's probably because she doesn't bother uh befriending anyone she's going to outlive several times Mm -hmm. over you know i i Mm -hmm. that that that's something let's talk about your isolation listen you know Mm -hmm. like that's yeah I don't want to go on too much. We've been on this movie for a little bit, way more than it deserves, yeah. in my opinion. Um, but do you um, think you would have enjoyed it more if you saw it in a theater? I, you know, I was thinking about that. Um, I, I think, I think I wouldn't. I, 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 to me, there's not a really clear difference between how I watch movies in the theaters and how I watch them at home. Inevitably, I'm going to be thinking about every little thing that's happening. Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. my instinct. Um, mm-hmm. Would I have 
I mean, I would have enjoyed getting the big IMAX scenes and getting the crazy Atmos soundtrack on full blast. You know, I, at home, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I have a decent setup. I can't blast the sound as much as I want to because I have neighbors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's, it's <laughs> I, I don't think I would have... I mean, wh- while I'm watching it, I you you turn it off a little bit. You enjoy it. Like I was watching with with yeah. with Aix and my fiance, and and uh, she seemed to enjoy it. I was enjoying it for her, with her. Yeah. Uh, but as soon as it was over, I was I, I told her like, no, that was bad. <laughs> that was a mess. Uh, my girlfriend Sharon hated it. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I I, I never really. Uh, I didn't go in depth with Aixa about what she thought, like deeply. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Only because I, I I could tell that maybe she enjoyed it, like mm-hmm. genuinely enjoyed it. And, and she that's that's why I like watching movies with her because she mm-hmm. she gets to just enjoy them. Like, and but exactly. if something's bad, we talk about it. It's bad, but mm-hmm. she has a sense of of like enjoying movies for what they are mm-hmm. for and the entertainment mm-hmm. value and and. and that's something that I sometimes forget about. Like at the end of the day, movies are mm-hmm. just movies. It's not that deep, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. But when you're talking about a tentpole franchise like Wonder Woman, like the DC, you know, Warner Brothers thing, uh, there's mm-hmm. a, there's certain responsibilities, I think. And I, uh, mm-hmm. and if you if you you know, and I feel bad for Patty Jenkins because I wonder how much of the decision making falls on her. Because I know that mm-hmm. she came, went on the record saying that when she started working with Warner Brothers, they were very, you know, they kept kind of like pulling her back and like not letting her do her thing. So I, mm-hmm. I, and that's really what this movie feels like. It feels like mm-hmm. a really long movie that was chopped to pieces um, to the point that nothing, not, not a single scene makes sense with the next. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it feels like there were, bigger ideas at play here that they they meaning warner probably mm-hmm. felt uncomfortable really you know going mm-hmm. too deeply about and i wonder if there was yeah. even an alternative like final fight scene like you realize you can't beat this guy you just got rid of your armor uh mm-hmm. so you talk him into submission well- it, it, that was her. That, Patty Jenkins said that she wanted to have a superhero movie that ended with a conversation. There were, yes, I, I did see that. I feel like it could have played out a little differently. Not, not, yeah. not, not have the conversation, but not have mm-hmm. it as the world is collapsing on itself. That mm-hmm. it, it's, it, it, there's a dissonance there between what's actually happening in the scene and what's being said. Mm-hmm. So the whole time yeah. I'm thinking, why is she talking him to death? Like, is, is, is Sheeta gonna come in and attack him while Diana's distracting him? Uh, you know, what's, what's the end game here? And, mm-hmm. oh, turns out the lasso that 30 seconds ago, she couldn't get close to him, suddenly wiggled its way into his ankle. Yeah. Uh, it's just, yeah. Even that, I think, could have been played a little better. That's yeah, for sure. I agree. Mm-hmm. Should we move on? Yeah, let's talk about stuff we liked. 
from 2020. Yeah, see, see, I, I, I'm like all worked up, and no, no, no. Okay, yeah. Hey, let's... hey you're sweating. You're the the view. The listeners can't see, but you're sweating. You're red. There's Profusely. like cartoonish smoke coming out of your nose and your ears. <laughs> yeah, I hate feminist <laughs> movies. Obviously, <laughs> uh, it's feminist directed by women. You just can't take it. No, that's too much estrogen. I, I can't take it. No. <laughs> <laughs> so uh how do you want to talk about this you want to just do one and one and we kind of do three total or how do you how how, how, how what are you comfortable with I say, yeah i would say just we do three total and we do one and one i could start because i'm going to start with something that i told you to watch on our like our test our test episode or our test talk and that you right. watched and you posted on your your instagram story which is a big deal and that's uh, Steve McQueen's Lovers Rock. And yes. Lovers Rock is my favorite movie of 2020. I don't care if it's on TV. I don't care if it wasn't on theaters. It's my favorite movie of 2020. A, f- a film that's is a, a film. That's a debate. That's a debate, you know? And uh, there's, there's little things that moved me the way that movie moved me. And I, I, before I go into what I think, I just want to know what you, you thought of it. I, I thought it was... Well, I mean, I... I did what could be considered a dumb joke for my letterboxd okay. uh review mm-hmm. and i said here's a concept what if gus uh-huh. west climax mm-hmm. was good mm-hmm. because that that is kind of the closest thing i think uh, mm-hmm. as far as the mechanics of the film which mm-hmm. at the end of the day it's about people coming together and having a dance party and just kind of letting things go where they go but mm-hmm. gus Barnoia being who he is just let things veer completely off of mm-hmm. the cliff whereas mm-hmm. with uh steve mcqueen wh- which makes sense if you watch his filmography the mm-hmm. the way this movie plays out makes entire sense within his filmography mm-hmm. even though it, it, he there's a lot of variations with what he does but core themes mm-hmm. are there and and the way it plays out is it plays out in such a spiritual way Mm-hmm. that i found almost healing like it's there was mm-hmm. a, a a sense well for one like I, i've never been one for house parties like but mm-hmm. yeah watching this i thought wow mm-hmm. i desperately need some socializing wow. and for me to say that it takes a lot because <laughs> i hate people. yeah that's a big deal mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, i i just love the way it played out um even the you know it if if someone were to watch it, you would think, what's the plot? There is a plot and there is a story. There are several stories playing out, mm-hmm. um, but they don't call attention to themselves. They kind of just happen yeah. within the life of the party, which is how this stuff yeah. plays out. I thought it was mm-hmm. kind of a perfect uh, 70, 80 minutes of film. Yeah. And to the context of it, uh, Steve McQueen, uh, director of Hunger, 12 Years a Slave, Shame, widows mm-hmm. nothing but bangers uh yeah. he has this series on amazon prime that if you have amazon prime you could watch it's called small acts and it's about uh england and these times and i think it's the 80s right and how mm-hmm. police brutality around it is going and how everything in in britain is shaping up and if you see the other movies it gives you kind of context for how this place is right how this is their escape this is where they go for lovers rocks parties and there's a scene where they sing silly games Owl. And did you know that that is all improvised? I did know that. I I had Crazy. 
I had read about it and I was, you know, uh, I think I read something along the lines of there's a specific moment where mm -hmm. you think the camera's going to cut and then it doesn't. Mm -hmm. And then it just keeps mm -hmm. going and it just keeps going. So I was looking forward to what that scene was. And yeah. as that moment started, I, I could feel it in my bones. I'm like, oh, this is a moment. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. my God, like it's editing is such a underrated art where any other director i think mo most other directors would have just cut away and move on or most mm -hmm. studios would have demanded hey cut here this mm -hmm. is too long why are you letting this play 10 something minutes mm -hmm. having that restraint and just letting that mm -hmm. happen and letting it entrance you which is really what it does to me like there are the two moments that being one of them and then the other one when they're kind of like just getting really crunk to the music raging punk yeah. rock raging yeah. yeah and and those two moments are kind of like the core of mm -hmm. to me what the film is trying to do mm -hmm. which is just to mm -hmm. put you in this spiritual mm -hmm. uh place yeah as that one was happening the, the the raging one i was out loud saying how how are you doing this steve how is this camera moving how are you because it's it's such a it's so unique and it's such a thing that i feel like only he could do because first of all for that improvised one with silly games where they just sing for minutes and minutes and minutes he must have done such a good job to make that feel like an actual house party for yeah. them to feel like they're just vibing and that's all him that's all the crew that's all the actors it's you can't fake that shit man yeah, it, it, that. It, yeah it's especially impressive um because i mean i i saw this very short. I was so frustrated that it was so short, the behind the scenes uh, featurette for it. Mm -hmm. And the exterior shots, they have a location all that, but certain interior shots, I don't know if they were sound staged or, mm -hmm. or what, but you could see how they kind of gutted the place or had the place mm -hmm. built um, mm -hmm. for the lights and all that. And I kept thinking how is he so good at setting up uh, at, at setting a tone within his set mm -hmm. that people mm -hmm. uh who you could argue the majority are just um not amateurs but they're not actors you know uh mm -hmm. how are you able to set such a comfortable environment that mm -hmm. you can just tell them like hey i know we're doing a movie but let's forget about the cameras for a second mm -hmm. and just enjoy your time here this is what mm -hmm. we're here to do just enjoy your time don't worry about everything else that's happening this right now this moment is for you have your moment mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it 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 takes that's a skill in and in and of itself like for a director mm -hmm. to be able to set such a tone with with the audience with not the audience with with the uh crew that is such mm -hmm. an underrated skill too and i think steve mcqueen is first of all what a what a what a gig the fact that he can that, that he i don't know what the conversation was but the fact that amazon just threw him a bag of money and said here mm -hmm. make five movies why not and mm -hmm. well, we're gonna drop them as a series but that's yeah he's he's special like we knew that he were that he was like you and i have been pretty diehard about him for for years mm -hmm. now mm -hmm. but i i like that people are if they didn't know about it now they know yeah, man. I mean, it's 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 unbelievable. And like we said before, you could watch it on Amazon Prime. Now, let's go to one of your favorites. What what did you like? Well, it's this is awkward. 
uh, Lovers Rock. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it actually no but actually uh in all seriousness i i was having a hard time um reconciling my number one pick um mm -hmm. because out and but i knew you were going to mention lover's rock so i felt a little easier about it i'm like you know what we're going to talk about it anyway so i don't have to you yeah. know so I'll, I'll say that lover's rock is tied with mm -hmm my other pick which is i'm thinking of ending things yes <laughs> it, which i mean if you're listening to this you don't probably don't know me um but i <laughs> i've been pretty um i've been a huge fan of charlie kaufman for mm -hmm. for ages now since i saw um synecdoche new york it's the mm -hmm. first thing I saw from him. And that is actually in my top three, top four movies. Mm -hmm. My favorite, you know, um, movies of all time. And I'm thinking of ending mm -hmm. things. It's, it's such a fascinating watch to me. Because for one, it, if there's anyone that's doing introspective anxiety explorations, there's few, if any, that do it like him. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. That's just my opinion. Um, and I, I love that this film plays almost as if he is frustrated with the very art form of film, the very limits of the format. Uh, at times, it feels like he wishes, instead of you watching this on a screen, he can yeah. just plant a chip in your brain and just let mm -hmm. you feel the anxiety. It's, mm -hmm. uh, as as much as he felt it writing it mm -hmm. and and that's very interesting because you you could see the frustration almost in in the way that the movie plays not just plot wise not just tonally but you can almost see it trying to bust out of the screen it's it's yeah. i think it's it's a perfect dense layered extremely complicated but also shockingly simple movie like it, it, you you might not get it when you watch it, but you but you should recognize that you felt something watching it, mm -hmm. and and I think that's the point. That is at the end of the day, that movie is his adaptation of a novel, and it's his experience, his perspective. But the idea is to get you to a place that you get to explore your own anxieties. Mm -hmm. And I remember booting this movie up on Netflix, and. The funny part is I pictured like because you know how anyone just watches anything new on Netflix and just the people who have mm -hmm. no idea what they're getting into just booting up. I'm thinking of anything and just their reaction. But that movie affected me deeply in a way that only he could do. And we're talking about synecdoche. And it's I saw it for the first time this year in anticipation for where I'm thinking of anything. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And it was one of those movies where I was frozen just staring at the credits for a good five minutes just because... It's 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 you're processing in its entirety what he's trying to say or what he's feeling, and it's funny seeing Charlie do interviews for for I'm thinking of ending things. He did one in IndieWire with uh, David Ehrlich, and they had directors there like uh, 
Yorgos Latimos, Richard Blinklater, a, a few other people there too. And he's just so, Riley Boots was there too. He was so stressed over people's comments on New York Times. And you could see his anxiety as him as a person. And he's like, why are people saying that it's the worst movie? I never did anything to them. And it's, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, he, and then you see, uh, what is it? Richard's like, stop reading the comments, Charlie, stop going on Twitter. He's like, but how do you do that? Like, I could take it not personally when it's someone else, but when it's me, it hurts me. And it's just, it's him and his movies. And he speaks like, like you said, like no one else does. And the whole movie, it's such a dream. It's, you're, you're not sure what you're watching. You're following it in this weird order. It's terrifying. Like those scenes in the house are terrifying. Yeah. And you, you're just uncomfortable. And then the ending hits and it's so it could be seen in such a dark way where you're like, Jesus Christ. But it's so tender <laughs> at the same time where that dancing comes and you realize you're reflecting on this man's whole life and he's regretting so many things that you right. can't help but to feel warm inside in a weird, weird, weird way. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's someone that maybe for the first time in his life, you know, is finding peace within himself. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, coming to terms with maybe his sexuality, maybe mm-hmm. his career, maybe his parents. Like, th- there's mm-hmm. a lot of, like, it, it all plays out in the film. And mm-hmm. y- you get to see a man who, him saying that or him deciding to end things shouldn't be viewed as so much a dark mm-hmm. thought, mm-hmm. but more so of someone who, has come to terms and accept mm-hmm. accepted and made peace with the fact that he is where he is in life. He made the decisions that he made. And from this point on, there's, you know, he, he doesn't really feel the need to yeah. feel that way much longer. And, and, you know, I, I, it's, it's a complicated message to navigate. Um, mm. but I think Charlie Kaufman and the novel's author, I mean, I haven't read the book, um, mm. And knowing Charlie Kaufman, I mean, he made adaptation. So yeah. it, it, I don't know how much it deviated from the source, but I, I would imagine that it's still fairly close. And I think they yeah. did a fantastic job navigating it. One thing that he really tried to change is to make the, the Jesse Buckley character more than a vehicle. Where in the book, she's more just a vehicle to the protagonist or Jesse Plemons in this thing. He gave her her own her own story, her own arc, her own personality as a whole. So he wanted to make sure that she wasn't just seen as a vehicle. And just talking about performances, like everyone's so good in this movie. Every everyone's so person. good. Uh, and Jesse Plemons, what I love about it, I guess, love, I don't know if it's, yeah. What I love about it is that my favorite <laughs> actor of all time is Philip Seymour Hoffman. And yes, Jesse Plemons <laughs> is doing a Philip Seymour Hoffman role in this. Like you could see yes. how a younger Philip Seymour Hoffman would be playing this role in a, in a different time. And it's, it's yes. so nice. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. Uh, Philip Seymour mm-hmm. Hoffman, man, I, I miss him so much. Uh, he's, he's still my favorite. Um, mm-hmm. Would you consider this a horror film? Uh, yeah, in certain part, I think the way he pitched it to Netflix himself saying he said he built he pitched it as a psychological horror film. And they just said yes, because it was a Charlie Coffin film. But he says that he doesn't see it as that anymore. But I, mm. I, I was I was I, I don't know. How do you define an emotionally uncomfortable film? 
would you consider that horror <laughs> if it makes you emotionally uncomfortable? It's 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 just kind of a norm core horror, mm -hmm. I guess. It's mm -hmm. Yeah, kind of cottage core horror. You know, it's mm -hmm. just, it's really odd. Like it's like a folk, not not even mm -hmm. folk because that, that's the witch. The witch is a folk horror. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it's like a norm core mm -hmm. kind of horror. It's like a boring kind of horror. Mm -hmm. Which I I thought was interesting. I mean, it's a different yeah. take. I mean, we're we're seeing horror kind of expand so much, not just in perspectives, but also in just what you do within the the genre. Mm -hmm. Which mm -hmm. we'll we'll go back to in a little bit. Uh, <laughs> so we like so we like. I'm thinking of ending things. We I'm thinking I like I'm thinking of ending things. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that so that your turn. Your turn. What do you got? Um, I'm going to throw Never, Rarely, Sometimes, Always. It's in my my top five, which doesn't have a real order right now. But I know you watch, so I think it's it's good to talk about. And it's directed yeah. by Eliza Hitman, who's made some of uh, some very good movies before. But this is like the one she home run out of the park in terms of like reception and everyone watching it. And it's a story about a girl who's going through an abortion and or is considering getting an abortion or is doing an abortion. And it's about how hard it is to do it where she's at and all the hoops and all the things she has to do to actually get there. And it's, it's quiet. It's poetic. It's, it says so much without even saying that much, you know? And I, I just, yeah. I was just struck by it the whole time. Yeah. I, I, I thought it was a beautiful film, uh, beautifully shot and, and acted. Mm -hmm. And um, I like a small story. Uh, yeah. Which is probably why I reacted so aggressively to Wonder Woman earlier. <laughs> so I, I'm so sick of the world-ending, cataclysmic. Yeah. You think there's too things. much world-ending movies? There has <laughs> been ever since 9/11. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. It's kind of been the thing to make to whip mm -hmm. pe people back into a frenzy, subconsciously. Yeah. But mm -hmm. that's an entirely uh, different conversation. Yeah. Uh, but never rarely, sometimes, always. I. I was, it was, it was, it was kind of a, as a fan of film, it's, it was a joy to watch. Mm -hmm. The movie is not a joy, but the, the film, it's uh, watching it as a fan. I was thinking mm -hmm. the whole time, like, wow, like they, this is a small story. You know, I don't know what the budget was, but it's not have been very high. Mm -hmm. uh, and story at the end of the day, story and performances take, take center stage and, and, you tell this really essential story that has been essential for a, a long time, mm -hmm. uh, which is access to, uh, you know, health healthcare basics, you know, for, for women. Uh, we're talking about abortions. We're talking about family planning or reproductive what whatnot, you know, and yeah, just all the hoops that it has, that she has to go through and, and, Mm -hmm. her going there with her cousin friend i i can't really remember yeah. um they let that that be the relationship you know and it doesn't mm -hmm. have to have a romantic element it, it can just be about family or friends or you know mm -hmm. just a companion that mm -hmm. helps you get through that moment and mm -hmm. also a pretty good ad for uh planned parenthood <laughs> for sure and it's it's quiet where it doesn't over 
a lot of movies like this tend to be extremely dramatic and extremely traumatizing right. and how they they show this person getting pregnant or stuff like that and they they give you ideas on how it was but they never fully tell you who's the father how did it happen and all that stuff and i think it's good i think you could have yeah. a quiet story without or dramatizing something and uh the other thing i was going to say is that one of my scenes of the year is just her talking to the doctor and going through the the survey that never yes. It's it's just a still shot on her face, and she's just answering, and she kills it. Yeah, I I love uh catching a, a, a when a movie is about to go into a long take, I get so excited. I'm like, oh, the slow mm -hmm. zoom. Oh, they're not cutting. Mm -hmm. Yes, give it to me. I, I get unreasonably mm -hmm. excited about it, honestly. Um, not because like the long take itself is dazzling, which it is. Mm -hmm. But more, mm -hmm. more so because I'm okay. Clearly, they're confident about this particular performance mm -hmm. that they're just letting it play out. Yeah, and yeah. it's it's it. It was a really stunning moment. I, it the movie it's tonally not so much, but I guess in the the scope of the story, it reminded me a lot of uh, the Florida Project. Mm -hmm. Um, and also kind of visually, like there's this kind of grainy low finest yeah. to the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And it's only a handful of characters that you care about and, and, mm -hmm. and you're invested in. And, and it's a story, about, a story that not a lot of movies touch on. Like it's, it has a lot of parallels with the Florida Project. Um, yeah. But I thought this, this movie um, somehow underrated, in my opinion. I, I, I think it, I have to agree. I, I wasn't even, you know, it, it was probably in my top five for the year, mm -hmm. but I wasn't really thinking about it this much until right now you mentioning it yeah yeah well it's one of those it's a it's a it's a sneaker up where you you watch it and you acknowledge it and then you think about exactly how it did everything and you're blown away by it and i think this year was the whole thing where they were saying oh independent movies are going to be more recognized when it comes to awards these movies like this are going to get more of a chance which isn't really happening but i i think no. this is one of those movies that should do it because like in terms of Oscar buzz, if we, we deviate real quick, like Trial of Chicago 7 is going to get a lot of award nominations. Have you seen that one? I did. Um, I thought it was really good. Mm -hmm. I, did, I stopped thinking about it as soon as I was done with it, yeah. honestly. And, I, and that's weird for me because I, I'm a fan of uh, Aaron Sorkin. But um, I, I thought it was fun and I thought mm -hmm. it was an Aaron, Aaron Sorkin script. And yeah. that's as much as I thought about it. You know, I enjoyed it a lot, but... I was yeah. done with it as soon as <laughs> I feel like it's a it's like a, a newsroom episode. Remember the newsroom where sometimes he would have very good episodes in the newsroom and sometimes it'll borderline on like the cheesiest shit you've ever seen. And yeah, I feel like it's a weird I, blend yeah. of them too. Where like I, you get what you're doing and then the end you're like, okay, okay, Sorkin, keep it in your pants. We get it. <laughs> I remember I think I think I actually out loud said something like that as <laughs> I was watching it out loud i was watching it with ike's and, and i think by the end i said something like oh this is basically the newsroom yeah um, for, it's the newsroom which, episode which is kind of interesting because uh -huh. um you you get to think about can aaron sorkin direct i think he's a competent director um, i really like molly's game that's a good movie i was i i thought it was fine <laughs> i actually yeah. prefer this one too oh i uh, prefer molly's, molly's game, game. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I thought they were fun. Again, like, I think he's a 
decent director. Mm-hmm. He's a better writer than he is a director, mm-hmm. obviously. And I think mm-hmm. his work shines best when you when he has someone to check him. Mm-hmm. Like when you have a David Fincher to kind of go through every single line, I'm like, and, and go, does this matter? Do we need this here? Can we take this away or whatever? And the whole like, I think he, a, lot, a big backlash on that movie is how he handles the the Black Panthers in it, where it's just like he uses Yaya, they get a they get like beat up, and then they're gone, and you never see him for the rest of the movie, and it's this emotional kind of manipulation that he does with them. Where yeah. uh, speaking of Steve McQueen, he one of the movies in Small Axe is called Mangrove. And I told I told my brother Christopher it was like it's funny that Trial of Chicago Seven is gonna get a lot of stuff when Mangrove exists, and Mangrove is like the last half of it is a trial with the Mangrove Seven, and you see the difference in how certain topics are handled when you compare those movies back to back. Yeah, I mean, and I I I felt that way watching it. I haven't seen Mangrove. I that's very much next on my list. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I did get the sense of. Maybe he he himself is aware of the fact that he, if he attempts to tell that side of the story, he, one, is um, underinformed mm-hmm. just by his experience as a white man. Um, could that have been solved by, I don't know, getting a diverse set of writers to help you? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Um, yeah. And you could also make the argument that that, wasn't the story that he needed that he was trying to tell you know so mm-hmm. he could talk about the fact that um i forget um the individual that 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 yaya was playing but mm-hmm. um that he was only adjacent to the situation and once he wasn't he just wasn't mm-hmm. um but it, it did annoy me that you, you're setting up yaya the whole time from the start mm-hmm. of the film you put a little bit here, a little bit there, and then by the third act, he's gone. Um, gone. And, and, but I'll say this. All it did was make me look forward to what I'll just say now is top three most anticipated for 2021, which is the uh, Fred Hampton um, film with uh, uh, the Black Panther. I, what is it called? The uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. Yeah. Yeah. Black Judas and the- but you know that comes out in a month, right? I I know. Yeah, uh, I it's I don't crazy. know exactly the day, but uh, the, just just this month and next month are packed with mm-hmm. just stuff that yeah. that should have come out already, and they're they're all stacked. Like I um oh, I forget. I feel like there's one coming out next week, but I can't remember right now. But um, I know the little things is coming out mm-hmm. later this month. Uh, Judas and the Black Messiah coming out uh, next month. Um, Malcolm and Marie. Like, yep, it, this a That's lot next month too. Mm-hmm. Well, and that movie, uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, is making a big uh, Oscar run this year. Where As it should I? I yeah, I, I feel it. I feel it. Yeah, like Judas so and the Black Messiah and and Malcolm and Marie. Mm-hmm. They have solid runs there. I'm a media blackout on both, where I'm not watching any trailers. I'm just gonna like absorb it as I watch it, just because I'm so excited about them. And I've been doing that during you COVID, where I just don't watch trailers. You haven't seen any of it. I've just seen the poster of of uh, of Judas and the Black Messiah. That's all I've seen. I know who's yeah. in it. Okay. Yeah. But I I am going. So Lakeith is being pushed for lead actor, and 
Daniel's being pushed for supporting actor. So I'm excited about that one. But it should be on HBO Max on the 12th, so a month from tomorrow. Oh, beautiful. Can't wait. I know. <laughs> uh, where were we, Matteo? <laughs> we were in Sometimes Never Really Always. Uh, and then I guess you have your, your last pick for, for this one. Yeah. Uh, this one was easy. The, I, I knew this was going to be in my top films as soon as I watched it. Um, so I'll just say it. His House. Oh, nice. Yes. Great. Uh, Great. Remy Weeks. Uh, I hate that I forget the actor's, uh, the actor and actor's name right now, but just uh, so good. I mean, listen, mm -hmm. I'm such a fan of horror, and mm -hmm. I get so bored by so much of it. Mm -hmm. So it's exciting to just see fresh perspectives and mm -hmm. inventive ways to just really bend the genre and the subgenres like in this case we're talking about a haunted uh, a haunted house film that is really about the immigrant experience it's about survivor's guilt um it's about the system that is so just inhumane to so many people mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and what and what it is like what what it is to be in a land that is not your own and you so mm -hmm. desperately want to belong but it it just refuses you at every turn. It's yeah. It's so good. It's yeah. so good. And not to go long on it, but I, I agree on everything you said. I was watching it, and it's my favorite kind of horror film where it's horror with a meaning, horror with a purpose. It's not going to jump out at you and scare you with the traditional tropes of horror movies, but the actual mm -hmm. deeper meaning to it is what's scary. Uh, the experience is what's scary. It's what we don't see, and it's by voices that are not, normally heard in horror movies and that this movie's on netflix yeah. and you could watch it now is is, is yeah. great yeah and it's first time director it, yeah no it's it's a fantastic debut yeah. i i thought i thought she just knocked it out of the park mm -hmm. um netflix is really i mean you could talk about a24 and annapurna and all these um amazing studios but netflix low-key is just doing so much to keep the low to mid budget film yeah whether it's horror or whatever just mm -hmm. to keep it yeah. relevant they mm -hmm. know that there's money to be made with those movies you know mm -hmm. um like blumhouse figured that out ages yeah. ago yep um, and even with like the, what they're doing with our tours like they gave all the money in the world to like martin scorsese and they're like here make irishman or here charlie kaufman make i'm thinking of any things or spike lee make the five bloods which that movie is insane in its own right i love the five bloods but that movie like yeah, wouldn't too. be made with a you, have you seen it oh yeah no i have yeah nice. I, I loved yeah. it that's another movie i went media blackout on and I didn't know exactly what was it about besides the five bloods and watching those, that movie and seeing where it goes. It's crazy that, that Netflix just lets him do whatever he wants. And that's a movie that's uncompromised. That's a movie that's 1000% Spike Lee. Yeah. It's, it's one of the most Spike Lee, Spike Lee movies. <laughs> and it's mm -hmm. fantastic for that, for that reason mm -hmm. alone. Um, also long, like it's, it's, mm -hmm. it was, I was surprised that it was so long. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I think at the time we had just I, I don't know if we saw Irishman or The Five Bloods first. I can't remember right now, but I remember this feeling of like, oh, another three hour one for yeah. one of them. I can't remember which one. Yeah. I don't mind. Yeah. I like long movies. Mm -hmm. Um I like them really long or really short. Pause. Mm -hmm. uh, 
<laughs> uh, but I once you hit that hour and a half, two hour mark, I'm like, oh, like Wonder Woman. I, I forget how long it is, but it's too long. Whatever, however long it is, it's yeah. too long. Yeah, two thirty. Uh, yeah. So yeah, Matt. Uh, what's your if you could pick one thing that you're looking forward to the most? Uh, maybe oh. not for the entire year. Let's talk about just the next month or two. Oh, next month or two, uh, Minari. It's yes. uh, it's this movie that's like hardcore running for everything this year. It tells the tale of some Im- of immigrants in the in the United States, and it's very exciting. It hasn't been released anywhere because of COVID, but it's supposed to come out uh, next month in some way. I don't even know if it's going on VOD or just straight to theaters. Uh, I might have hmm. to rent out an entire block for it. <laughs> but, uh, I'm I'm very excited about it. Very uh, Stephen Yeun, have you seen Burning? Yeah, yeah. Yes. So like his his comeuppance is is so good and he's so like he's just so mesmerizing like he's so attractive, right? He yeah, he's, he's such a good actor. His eyes the way he just stares at you is so it's so good. And this movie seems like it's just something completely different for him and I'm so excited for him. Yeah, uh I that's yeah, that's um top 2 for me. Uh, the other mm-hmm. top two and not two, like it's one. I'm just saying that there's two films mm-hmm. that I'm very much looking forward. The other one for me is Malcolm and Marie, uh, mm-hmm. just because I'm so fascinated by that whole production. You know, uh, mm-hmm. COVID hits a month later, they have a working script, producers, lead actors lined up, and a location in the middle of nowhere that you bubbled mm-hmm. to make this production. I'm mm-hmm. in, I'm sold. I want to see what you put together, and it's. Zendaya, after having a career year, John David Washington, having been in going from Black Klansman to uh, Tenet, Tenet, back to back, which I haven't seen Tenet, but good for him. He he yeah. deserves it. He's very good in, in uh, mm-hmm. Black Klansman. So I I and and I know you haven't seen the trailer for it. Mm-hmm. I would hold off. You're not missing much and i actually saw reactions kind of turn a little bit from being people being very hyped to being like what the hell is up with this dialogue and that's all i'll say about that oh really uh i like it i was more sold watching the trailers i thought oh great like just Mm -hmm. do it do that to my ear i like that Uh Uh (laughs) uh-huh so yeah i I would say that's probably the thing i'm looking forward to the most eminati for sure yeah Mm mm-hmm and well, and Judas and Black Messiahs, I guess, is my number two. That comes out in a month, too. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, again, just the next couple of months are really nice. Uh, especially for HBO yeah. Max. That's, that's a conversation sure. for next time. Just which service is, has the best thing. Not necessarily is doing the right things, but has the best yeah. things. Crackle. So Crackle. <laughs> wow. Shudder. Shudder is good. I think we're wrapping up here. Yeah, for sure. Yeah uh yeah we're 54 minutes in wow that's that kind wow, of flew time by. flies so fast when i talk to you yeah i mean you're you're such a sweet talker you just make time melt away what people don't know is that we see each other on video and you look so adorable right now that i just want to keep on talking to you forever sir yeah i mean your hat is is really <laughs> charming me to death and you have the was that like a fur jacket? What's what's going on there? Yeah, it's a Uniqlo kind of fleece kind of thing. Yeah, Uniqlo. It snowed in Texas yesterday, so. Mm. Nice. Nice. Well, but, uh, yeah, we can wrap it up. Uh, 
much love. It's great talking to you always. We'll uh we'll figure out what to do for for next episode. Mm-hmm. What uh, any any teasers yeah. you want to throw in there? Any ideas you want to throw in there before we uh, wrap uh, up? Yeah, we're I mean we're figuring it out, right? We don't know our structure. We just are friends and we like to talk about movies. Um, I was thinking we could do our first date and talk about Black Swan pretty soon in the future. Yes. And I'm thinking of uh, different like uh, month ideas where both of our Februarys are in both our Februarys, both of our birthdays are in February, <laughs> and our <laughs> birthdays are a week apart. And we could do like favorites for February and just bounce off that. But we'll figure it out and we'll give you guys some some funny, nice stuff to listen to. Sounds sounds great to me. Matt, love you. Take care. We're gonna be uh, hanging up now. Okay. Bye. Bye, Papa. Yeah.